Hey guys, welcome back to Amiga Preneur. This is Jacqueline. As always, I'm your host. And today we have Soyla Darton. She is the head dot connector of Word Creative. Soyla aims to empower people and brands, making the world a better place. She places a heavy emphasis on supporting women of color in their businesses. And Soyla role model is her mother and she is passionate about fostering community the arts equality self-care and her newest and greatest project her son dakota um, i really enjoyed having soyla on not only because she shares her story about how she feels about transition being from new york now living in la and transitioning from working in the corporate world to now having her own business and she talks to us about motherhood but i especially appreciated her vulnerability, her open and honest um, when it comes to her relationship and what she went through. She was amazing about being open about being a woman, being independent, but also being able to be in a relationship and now being a mother and still staying true to her and her identity as a woman um, and how she plans to raise her son to really get to know the real her. Um, I hope that you guys really enjoy this interview because it just came from such a beautiful place and I, I learned so much. So I know you guys are going to learn so much as well. And last, um, just some, um, I guess house cleaning as they say, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. Um, not just of course, um, for you guys, but also for the women that come to the platform, they just give so much. And I feel like, when we share this, um, a lot more women that are going through a transitional period will learn so much. And in case you haven't noticed, I know that I've mentioned it before, but I talk a lot about transition because before the podcast would focus a lot on entrepreneurship and um, having creatives on, but I really want to focus on transition because I'm going through it and a lot of the women that I have on have either gone through it or are going through it themselves and I think it can be a very hard thing to go to transition but the more women I have on that talk about it the better because they help us navigate through it and also help us to connect to something when we're probably feeling very lost. Um, so here's Soyla. I hope that you enjoy the interview. Um, I feel like I am constantly in transition. Um, literally every day, every year, <laughs> you know, um, I'm a very, I'm kind of like a chameleon, you know, that, that's, and I, and I think that a lot of women actually have these, the same traits that I, that I have are being chameleon we kind of like adapt to our environment um we're very intuitive and, and sensitive to what's going on around us so because of that i felt like i'm just always in transition and i'm aware of it more i've been aware of it more times than others but then when i look back on my life or not my i, I talk about my life as if i'm like an older old lady <laughs> but when i look back on you know my life and what I've lived and, you know, events that have happened, I realized that I'm, you know, that I was going through something. Oh, I was going through something. I didn't even realize I was going through something. So, you know, transition for me is, is constant. Like, sometimes it's as small as like, you know, am I going to 
transition from <laughs> making fresh pre fresh pressed coffee to like I need to buy an espresso machine now because I have a baby and I don't have time to wait for my coffee to steep. Like I need it right now. Like that's for me is a transition. And then there's bigger transitions like becoming a mother, becoming a business owner, you know, deciding to hire people to help me with my business, um, deciding to get back into shape. Like these are all transitions. So I just feel like I'm constantly changing, constantly transitioning, constantly sitting back and reevaluating my life and the stake in my life and what I can do to bring myself further to this place, you know, where you could call it happiness or being fully content. I don't know if that's really what it is, but bringing myself to a place where I can say, okay, I'm here. Now what's the next step? Because that's the other thing. I don't think that there's a destination, which is why I believe that I'm constantly in transition. I don't, I don't think that the only final destination that we all have is death. And even then, I don't even know what comes after death, you know? So, so that's why I kind of feel like there's no such thing as never being in transition for me. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always changing. I'm always, you know, looking for ways to be better. Um, and that takes work. It takes, you know, examination of yourself and maybe sometimes admitting that, no, you weren't doing your best. Or maybe, no, that person is not right for you in your life right now. Um, or maybe you need to stop eating so much bread right now. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, transition. I'm always in transition every day. So do you see transition more as growth or it kind of like a journey to you? And what do you feel are some of the signs that had let you know, you know, Hey, I'm in transition and maybe I need to sit down and examine what's going on. Um, Can you repeat that again? Sorry, <laughs> repeat it. So what it sounds like to me is that transition has been a constant like journey for you. You don't really see it as right. in transition. This is just part of the journey. Um, so taking yeah. into account that it seems like transition is more of a journey to you than like a place for you to stop, you know? Hey, this is changing. Hey, this is changing. For you, it just sounds like it's more like growth. Um, but what has let you know, like what has been some signs? Can you give us an example of one time where you didn't really know that, hey, this is actually a transition and how you examine that and how you move forward from that? Well, so I'll answer that question in two parts. Um, I think that, yes, this transition to me is a journey, but, but growth is also a journey. You know, there's these, these people say never stop learning. You're, you know, always be a student of thought, um, of the school of thought, and just continue to, to try and better yourself through whether it's education or experiences and stuff like that. So I feel like it goes hand in hand, you know, um, growing and transitioning and being on this journey. You know, and I guess that's probably like, the big question, like, what am I doing? What, what does my, what is the, what is my life? What is the purpose of my life? Right. And so, um, it, for me, it just, it all goes together. And I think that there's never, I don't think that any of us stop transitioning or stop 
growing. We just don't know how to identify it to then take those extra steps to ensure that that transition is, 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 a, is a positive transition because transition doesn't always mean it's positive. Right. It could be a negative, you know, it could be you're transitioning into a worse, a lesser part of who you are and you're not living your true self, you know, and that could be out of fear, out of, you know, circumstances, financial circumstances, um, people in your life. So, so yeah, so the whole thing for me is a journey. Life is a journey. And I think that my, that one of the reasons why I haven't had like a complete mental breakdown <laughs> that's made me stop completely and not been able to, to, to forge forward is because I understand that that is life. Life is a series of changes. And you know, every day you have, you have a choice to either bend with those changes or to resist them. And so no matter how much I want to resist things, I can't because that's just the way it is. Like if something has happened already, it's happened. You can't go back and change it. So what you can do is you can move forward and, and use that as a lesson or as a springboard for the next thing that you're going to try to do, or you can sit there and you can like, you can meld on it for forever and get wrapped up in it and say, Oh, what could I have done differently? You know, and that, that's a transition as well. That's a transition into the darkness really. Um, so, so yeah. And then a moment of transition that, that a big moment for me. Um, so, about a year ago, no, a little more than a year ago, I guess it was, it was like November, 2016. Um, my husband and me, we decided to, to split for, a, for a, for what at the time felt like an unforeseeable amount of time. We didn't know it could have ended in divorce or obviously it didn't because we're back together and we're, you know, doing great and have a baby. But um, that was a big moment of transition for me. I felt I, we had moved to a new city and, you know, both very um, disconnected. And I think, really trying to find the meaning of what living in Los Angeles meant for both of us separately. What did it look like? We moved here for me. We moved here for a job for me. And that job actually didn't pan out the way that either one of us imagined it to pan out. Um, so that was a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and I think some harbored anger on my husband's part. And you know, it really drew a big line in between us. And I could have easily just ignored what was going on. Um, because I think that, you know, had I done that, we would have just stayed miserable. Um, but I made a choice to take that leap. And I said, you know, we need to, we need to look back and we need to take a minute and stop and really evaluate what's going on here and, and let's, let's separate. And that was really 
really, 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 really hard. Um, I mean, we've been together since we were 22 years old and I'm 33. So, you know, it was literally like taking a whole piece of my, of my body and leaving it somewhere. It felt like I was leaving like an arm and a leg and like walking through life, like just, you know, one-sided. Um, and those next six months were very, very hard for me. And, and you know, I, I can't speak for him, but I'm sure they were hard for my husband as well. Um, but they were very necessary. And in that time, I got to live alone, which I had never done. <laughs> like, I ne literally never lived alone in my entire life. Um, it was really hard because I could barely afford my apartment. <laughs> but, um, but it was you know, it was a special time for me, you know, that time to yourself, especially, you know, the world that we live in right now, we're all so consumed with social media, like we're never alone. Mm -hmm. You know, you're never truly alone unless you're shutting off everything and you're sitting in a room and maybe you have music on. But even if you have the TV on, like, you know, I, I was telling my girlfriend the other day, um, whenever I get upset, I just put on Sex in the City because that, like, I feel like I'm, like, sitting with my girlfriend and that's, <laughs> that's my company. So, you know, we're never really alone. And I think that that was a big, that was the transition. It was for me to see what it was like to be completely alone. And what I found, which is the reason why, you know, I knew that I wanted to still be with my husband was that I loved being alone. So I knew that I wasn't relying on him just because I didn't like being alone because a lot of relationships have become codependent. And the idea of just being alone is the reason why people stay with somebody. And I love being alone. I love having a house to myself. It's wonderful. I love like walking by myself. I love eating by myself, reading by myself. It's great. You know, and so I knew that that wasn't what it was. It was just a moment that needed, we needed time. And so we took that time and it was a major transition for both of us. I think we both came out of it, different people. Um, and then we were thankfully able to, with therapy and a lot of hard work, come back together and, and, you know, find each other again. Uh, but that was a very big transition for me. And the ability, the, no, the ability to know that I can be alone was huge. Um, so, yeah. And then there are other very obvious transitions, like moving from New York to Los Angeles was, a, I mean, I'm still in transition with that. I still think about my life in New York and, you know, what, would it be what would I be like had I stayed in New York because I'm a New York native and my whole life is there everything that I've built is there my friends my family my work that I've been doing in the women's space for years I had to start over when I came here and I'm still trying to figure out like what the hell does my work look like here how do I create a community the way that I've created in New York. Can I do that? Does it, is it even possible? It's got to look different. You know, it can't be, it's not going to be the same. Um, so I'm still like, that's a transition that I'm in every single day. Still <laughs> being a resident of Los Angeles. 
you know, and watching like my best friend got married yesterday in New York. I couldn't be there. I had a new baby and, you know, you can't go. Um, so I'm in, I, you know, I really am. And, and I have to say, I'm not very good at applauding myself, but I do applaud myself for being so flexible with my life and with, you know, the, the mess ups and also my wins. Like, you know, it's harder for me to take the wins, but I do. But I, I do applaud myself for being able to to transition and to meld and move with, you know, what the universe is going to want for me. Um, I kind of just let things be, which I'm proud of. And I think that it's one of the keys to happiness. And not to say that I'm like totally happy all the time because I'm not, you know, Um but being able to kind of just be like, okay, well, this is what the universe wants for me right now. You know, like when I couldn't be at my girlfriend's wedding yesterday, I cried for a minute after seeing pictures on Instagram, you know, it hurt, but you just, you have to move on. I, I really applaud you. And I thank you for opening up um, when it comes to your husband and your relationship, because I know that's sacred. And I yeah. am really raw and honest with it. And it, I particularly liked, I mean, first appreciating that you talked about that relationship and, and how you try to navigate. But what also as a woman, I think a lot of the time when we're in relationship, we forget ourselves. Um, and you're right. We yeah. codependent. A lot of people, I am single and, and I'm, I've gotten asked a few times like, hey, you look happy. You know, like if I'm not supposed to be happy single and I'm like, if you're miserable, like, yeah, you're going to be miserable without somebody. It, it doesn't have, you know, so I, I totally agree with you on that. And I think it's great that you were like, I really love being alone. So I know that I'm not wanting to be with my husband because I need to have someone there. I need someone in that space. And, and right. being strong enough, my thought was, where did you get that strength? Um, to let go, especially when you got in a relationship so young, you probably didn't really completely, or maybe you did, I could be wrong, like completely know yourself. Um, and when you get in a relationship so young, sometimes you do become like very um, codependent on each other. You know, you don't know where he begins and you end kind of thing. But for you to be, you know, such a woman about it and, and, and stand up for you and the relationship and be able to, to walk away, like, where did that come from? Did you sit with that? Or is that the way you grew up? Or how did you get to that point? Well, <laughs> I, you know, I don't really know. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with my independence. You know, I was raised by a single mother. Um, she is my hero. She's such a badass. Um, but at the end of the day, she was really busy providing for the family. So she was, you know, on, she was out a lot working and I was on my own a lot. And so I kind of had to figure out what my community would look like for me. And so, you know, that meant as soon as I was old enough to kind of understand that you needed community, I started building it around me. And I took my friendships very seriously with my girlfriends. Like they were like my sisters, you know, um, from like the age of like 12, 13 years old. Um, 
was very important to me. So that the ability to, to build and find community for myself, I think has a lot to do with my, my personal strength and my ability to kind of just like keep it moving. Cause I know that I will be okay. Like I will, always, I'm going to be fine. You know, no matter what, I'll be fine. I have this, I have this innate ability to, 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 to care for myself, you know, and whether that means finding people that I need to be around to take, to help me get through whatever it is I'm going through, or if it means just being solo, like I know that. And, you know, there are a lot of positive, there are a lot of negative to, you know, being the, the child of a single mother who works really hard. Um, but there are some positives, oddly enough, because it really builds tenacity, um, especially in, in girls, you know. Um, women are really, really smart, and girls are very smart from a very, very young age. We always joke that, like, little baby girls are so manipulative. You know, it's just because they're really smart, you know, and they know how to kind of navigate early. And so when you grow up um, kind of having to, you know, figure it out, that, that makes you into a certain type of person. Um, so that's one part of who, why I am who I am. Um, you know, but then the other part of it is like, I'm not always super strong. And because I have this, this veil of being so strong I don't ask for help but then people forget that maybe I do need help you know so that's something that I've struggled with recently and as, as I've gotten older and as you know life gets more serious and the and your your issues get real you know um it's is figuring out ways when to just like call up somebody and be like yo like I need to talk right now I need your help with this like I'm not doing well um and allowing people to actually be there for me because I am so used to being like Mrs. Solo Dolo you know even though I've been in a relationship for so long um I always knew I wanted to get married and have children and you know have the nuclear family that I didn't really grow up with um, and oddly enough, when I, when I saw my husband the first time, I knew I was going to marry him. Aww. I don't know how. Yeah, I have no idea how I knew or why, but I did. And I was very aggressive in my pursuit of him. <laughs> um, he could tell you. Um, but, you know one of the one of the reasons why i think we work is because you know we were so young and i came from the school of figure it out yourself you know like take care of yourself and um for me i just wanted to make sure that he was also the best version of himself and so a lot of women do this, I think. I think, that, you know, because we're um, instinctually nurturing. So we want to make sure that 
you know, we're taking care of our loved ones. And so let's not get it twisted. There is a difference between making sure somebody is their best self and taking care of somebody. Mm. There, those are two different things. Um, How do you the know? The person that? has to, well, the person has to want to be their, their best selves and be actively participating in the pursuit of greatness. It can't just be, you know, oh my God, there's this downtrodden guy, but I believe that he can be X, Y, and Z and he's cute and he likes me. So let me try to change him. You can't try to change somebody. Right. Right. As much as we can try and believe me, I've tried to change certain things about my husband, but I can't. (laughs) 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 You know, (laughs) there's certain things like, he can't ever turn the bathroom light off. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I, I think that the, that's one of the reasons why we we were able to last so long is that we were both taking full stake in, in the success of each other. Right. And, and because I came from a single parent household and because I've always been kind of like super independent and a free thinker to use Mr. Kanye West's current lingo, um, I was definitely more of the cheerleader, you know, like cheerleader, cheerleader, like, oh, you should do this. And oh, like, look into this and do this and do this. And that was one of the things that I had to pull back on when we decided to get back together after our separation you know um because sometimes they don't want to do everything that you want them to do even though it's in their best interest right so my big cheerleader mentality can get a little annoying i'm sure (laughs) um but yeah i think that that is definitely why we have why we had success from a young age you know we kind of understood the expectations that we had from each other we both wanted to be the best that we could be together and sometimes that meant not being that great together and then being great together um but always understanding that there had to be growth here right you know there had to be growth um and and our life together is is a beautiful thing to look back on because of where we came you know we've come so far like I we literally we moved in together after knowing each other after dating each other for three months we're 22 we we're both broke it made financial sense <laughs> you know we 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 slept in his twin size bed in his college apartment for for like three months you know and then we moved into like a little shitty apartment in Bushwick before it was cool. <laughs> we lived there for five years. Yeah. And those were really fun and hard and transformative five years, you know, like, but like even these few years here in LA already have been fun and hard and transformative. And so that's why I think it's just like a cycle. Like it's a continuous cycle it never stops. And, and, and just going back to the beginning of our conversation, that's why I was, why I really believe it's not about a finish line. There is no finish line. Nothing is guaranteed. So you have to live in a constant mentality of growth 
and understand that, yeah, even when you jump one hurdle or you accomplish one great thing, something else is waiting for you on the other side. Like it's not over, you know? And if that's what you want, then like go live on a farm and like just chill. But even when you live on the farm, you got to deal with like keeping the grounds nice and like, you know, so like making sure your animals stay alive or if it's you or if your thing is gardening, making sure, you know, there's always going to be something, you know, and there's obviously levels of difficulty, but there's always something. And so if you go through life thinking, oh God, there's always like, my life is just so hard, like everything is there's always this there's always like a, a you know an obstacle yeah there is always going to be an obstacle but you if you look at those obstacles as growth not obstacles then you're going to be great and you're just going to continue to be better and better and learn new things and meet new people and do cool things um you know and the doors will just keep opening up so you talked a lot about something that I really appreciated. I think because with my transition, I've definitely been resisting. I've been falling very much into this victimhood. Like, why does this keep happening? And why, you know, I'm getting over one hurdle and then something else happens. And I've been very, I would say, judgmental of myself because I wasn't like that. I was always in the in the mindset of like, okay, let me keep jumping these hurdles. Okay. You know, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Um, but it, right. I lost something. I think when my daughter left somehow mm. I lost myself, you know, because right. he was my reason to keep going. And when I didn't have that, yeah. reason, it, it seems like part of me was taken away. So for you, you had your husband and you knew that you had to follow your greatness on your own, like be pursuing that, even though you're in a relationship, right? Um, and for me, yeah. I was fine with it when it came to relationships, I was very independent. But I think what happened with me is that I came very much dependent on my daughter and very much dependent mm. on identity of being a single mom and pushing through and having, of course, that veil, like I got it, I'm going to handle this, we're going to figure it out. So I didn't realize that I was in that relationship with my own child. You know, my identity was very much formed in being her mother and being like right. long, independent and like always got it together. And when she was gone, I had, I had to realize that my whole identity, because I was so young when I had her, that I didn't form my own. I formed mine around her, you know? And right. wow. the, the, the thing that I could give myself props was that I, I know a lot of like single moms or a lot of, you know, I, I could say people um, will get very attached and kind of put, put this guilt trip on their children. And I was very mm. willing to do that. I, I told her fly, I go, go, you need to go live in, you know, and even she had talked to me about we were too close and in order for us to grow that we needed to be apart. And I was right. like, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I thought I was the mom. I know, What's going yeah. on here? <laughs> and so it was, I, I, something shifted, you know, I, I became, you know, and it's hard for me to say it because, you know, I still have my, my veil of like, I got it together and, you know, all this stuff, but that was the truth that I became well, very resistant. So, yeah. So how, 
for me, it's like when you're in that resistance, I love that you talked about that growth. That is so helpful instead of looking at it like a challenge of growth and not to get stuck. Like, what would you give advice to someone, you know, like me or just a woman that's in transition, but is not looking at it as growth, but it's very much resistant of what's coming to her. Well, before I answer that question, I just wanted to, to say to you, you know, um, as somebody who was also raised by a single mom, um, you did an amazing job. Um, you know, I don't know your daughter, obviously, but for her to have the intellectual um, stamina to to sit down and talk to you that way and, and you know, really be a voice for the both of you, that means you did such an amazing job raising her. And, and I can understand why it would be hard after she left to find yourself again, because she's your masterpiece. Um, but you, you know, you did, you really did an amazing job. So be, I'm sure you're proud of it because you know you see her and you see her thriving and, and that's you know that's why we become that's why we become parents right so that we can kind of bring this person into the world that's a reflection of you but also is their own self and and you did that you did that and it seems like you did it really well so you know I just wanted to to applaud you for that um, and then you know, just speaking of how to not resist, I think it's, it's just holding yourself accountable, right? And you just, you mentioned before, you know, this always happens to me or, you know, this, something like this always happens to me or, and, and finding blame. Hmm. Sometimes there is blame on us. And looking at, looking at ourselves, is not necessarily shaming ourselves because we should take responsibility for our actions and um, and the energy that we've put out there, right? So, so if something keeps on happening or you keep finding yourself in a certain situation over and over and over again, the only part of the equation that's been constant is you, right? Right. It's us. So maybe the the way to stop resisting is to actually take action because you're resisting something if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again. It's for some reason you don't know what it is. We don't know why. Um, and I'll use an example of myself. So I have constantly felt like people don't do enough for me right like I've I have felt in the past like oh my god like I do x y and z for people all the time and 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 I always I'm constantly feeling like I'm never taken care of um and I had to realize that that was my own fault because I can't control the only, I can't control anybody but myself. I can't, or anything really, but myself. Um, 
and I'm thankful that I can even control myself because <laughs> some people can't even control themselves, you know? Right. But I really had to take a step back and examine my life over an extended period of time and say to myself, okay, why are you constantly overextending yourself? Why? And it was never because I expected anything back. It's just that when I started to need help or need things from people, and it really was when I moved, you know, when I moved over here to LA, um, I realized like I was really isolated. And um, I was like, why isn't anybody like checking up on me? Like, why is anybody doing this? Or like, you know, um, and, and that's no one's responsibility. I mean, it's nice for people to do that because it's something that, that I would do, but I have to realize that not people are not me. I'm my own person and they're their own pre people. And, and the only way that you can protect yourself is by, you know, I like to use this term that my girlfriend um, constantly uses with me whenever I talk to her, um, is to manage your expectations, right? Manage your expectations of people, manage your expectations of situations, um, and understand what, variables can actually be controlled by you and really the only thing that 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 is is you you're the only thing that can control any situation you're the only part of a situation that can be controlled everything else is kind of like a wild um you know it's wild you don't you don't know what's going to happen so when we're resisting or trying not to resist you just have to think about yourself like what what can I do to to give myself comfort here because that's and and sometimes giving yourself comfort means doing the hard things first right it's like again I use myself as an example I'm you know post baby I have this like weight a lot of weight that I need to shed and every single day I'm like oh god like you know I'm never going to get back to my, my body before, or maybe I want to be even stronger than I was before. But then I like, will eat like a cookie. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm resisting my own ability to be better hmm. by, by doing these things. And yeah, you can say, don't beat yourself up, start again tomorrow. But like, nah, I know I'm not supposed to eat that fucking cookie. Like, I know I'm not supposed to eat it. But I eat it anyway because it tastes good and I love sugar. <laughs> and and then the next day, the one you do have to do the next day is not beat yourself up. Just take take control of yourself. So like I said, the only the only um, given is that you can control yourself. You cannot control anyone else. You can or anything else. You can only control yourself. I think, so, right, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Just, I guess no, go ahead. what um, spoke up for me is managing my expectations. And then the other thing that you said was, what can I do to comfort myself? I think those yeah. are two big things about how we navigate, you know, not just transition, but the world is managing yeah. expectations of others meaning like calling ourselves back to ourselves like hey you can't control what's outside of you you know yeah. and then okay so you you're like i can't control other people so i don't know what to do and and then the answer was 
what can I do? What can you do for yourself at this moment to comfort yourself? And I think those were probably the two pieces that were missing. Maybe you understood one alone, you know, and the other one that you, what can you do for yourself? But I think when you said those two things, it's like something just clicked, you know, it's like standing that. And so I, I love that. And I'm definitely going to take that with me. I'm going to shift the conversation just a little bit because you are a mom. um, And I think, and you said you have a son, right? Yes, I have a son. His name is Dakota. Oh, (laughs) I think he's, um, has an amazing mother. So I'm just like, what a blessing for him to have. Oh, thank you. Yeah. As a woman, it's, it's just, you know, he's going to be taken to a whole other level. Um, but for me shifting over being a working mom and now you, you work from home, you're an entrepreneur. What lessons have you learned? How long have you been working on your own and had your business? Um, well, I've had this business word, um, since last year. So it's relatively new. Um, but I've always had like side hustles mm-hmm. for years like since I was a kid it's just always been my thing a multi-interest mm-hmm. person um so I've always been a multitasker which is a really great trait to have it's also problematic <laughs> because you sometimes take on more than you can handle and you're like ah, I got this and you're like fuck I do not have this at all um <laughs> So, you know, I kind of took on motherhood as like another task and it is not just another task at all. Um, It is a lifestyle change, complete lifestyle change. Um, But for me, it's very important that I don't lose myself in motherhood. Like I refuse to um, because I owe that to myself. I owe that to my husband and I owe that to my son. You know, I, he deserves to know who I am as me, not as mom, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, of course, of course, I'm going to be his mother, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be like Goo Goo Gaga, like baby, like baby my son. And like, you know, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to know, you know, mom, Zoila Darton used to be Zoila Sylvester. Like this is who mom is. Like she's. <laughs> she's loving and crass and sometimes a bitch like this is who my mom is that's her right. um and I think that I owe that to him you know so that he can be the best that he can be in this world I refuse to just you know baby this person it's just not it's not something that I'm gonna do I'm gonna love him and treat him with you know special care and respect and because that's what you do and that's what I what he deserves but I'm not gonna not be me now the multitasking situation (laughs) is like a whole nother level of multitasking when you're a mom that also works at home you know and I think the greatest lesson I have learned so far is going back to this concept of control Mm. I can't control anything like everything is out of my control for the most part. And I am, you know, a self-identified control freak. <laughs> um, so this has been a hard but fast lesson for me to learn. Like I learned it really fast. So that's the thing. 
going back to resisting, I don't resist. So when I learn a lesson, I learn it and that's it. I never make a mistake again. Um, or I never, you know, go back to that place again. I, I, I learned very quickly that I can't control his crying. It's not a big deal. I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm not going to feel less than because he's crying. I'm just going to either, you know, do the three things that I do to see if it'll help him stop crying. And then if he's still crying, then I let the baby cry, you know, and, and, and that's what you have to do. You can't control these human beings. They can't even control themselves. They don't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Crying is how they communicate, you know, and so the cry has really been um, almost like this uh, metaphor for, I think, the next step in my life, which is kind of just to, like, go with the flow, really, you know. Um, I've uh, I've been on conference calls, and what I do is I breastfeed him usually. If he's not sleeping, I breastfeed him during conference calls because that will keep him, you know, quiet. But sometimes he he pops off, and I say he pops off more in more ways than one. Like he'll literally come off the boob and then start saying stuff, and I'm just like on my conference call, and I'm like, hey guys, like this is Dakota. I have a baby. You know, you were a baby once too. <laughs> Basically, you know, because it is what it is. I'm a working mom. I work from home. Babies cry. Like, that's just what it is. Right. Um, so, so, so I really learned to relinquish control of a lot of things um, and just allow life to happen. And some days, things are just not going to get done. You know, like, it's just, and that's just what it is. So, so. With that relinquishment of control, I've also created, um, I've learned to create realistic deadlines for myself, you know, in terms of work and my personal life. Because pre-Dakota, I would have told a client, yeah, I can have that deck for you in three days. That's an unrealistic amount of time to put a deck together. Why would you ever do that to yourself? Like, who wants three days to, like, throw together a deck that you're proud of. That's insane. So now I'm like, I need two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, then they don't, we don't, then I'm not the right fit. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've, I have had no pushback. Because when you exude yourself in a confident way and you make your requests known in a positive and confident way, people really respond to that. And, and that, you know, it's, it, I'm, I'm really grateful to my son for these lessons because they are making my life better. So, yeah. And you can't, you can't pack your schedule, you know, nine to nine Yeah. when you have a baby, because you don't know what's going to happen. They're wild cards, you know, <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes dude like naps from 1130 to three. Sometimes he's not going to nap at all. Right. <laughs> and like, I just have to go with that. And um, I was actually sitting down with my client who has become a really great friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Akila Kaday. Um, she has a, um, a, a consulting company called Change Kaday, where she works with women, mostly women of color and, and their businesses. And she does some corporate work for diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's what she does, right? So she and, and so I hired, she hired me to help her with her brand. And I texted her the other day and I was like, yo, I was like, 
can we just like work on trade? Because I think I need a coach. <laughs> like I need a career coach. You know, I need somebody to talk me off of a ledge. I need somebody to come and, and, and sit down and say, you know, Zoila, this is, you know, this is what your funnel is going to look like. You know, this is what your funnel of work or your business is that you want to create. Like, I, you know, I'm super creative. So I have all these things going on in my head, but I have no idea how to organize them and just execute. And she said to me the other day, I was with her just yesterday, and she was like, you know, I know you're used to doing a million things at once. And that's fine, but that's some overachiever shit. She was like, most people, you know, it's just like a couple things a day. And you need to be okay with just getting one major thing done a day. Right. She's like, for you, she's like, today, because like I was on a search for an intern, I really needed an intern. And she was like, so, you know, hiring an intern, maybe that's all you do that day. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, make that it's fine. Right. And you need to learn to be okay with that. Um, and understand that you're still doing well, even if you don't get a million things done one day, because you're a mom now right. as well. Like, it's just, it's gonna, it is what it is. <laughs> right? Like, getting that intern, it's just going to do so many more things for you than exactly. 50 other things. She already, <laughs> she already has. Shout out to JoJo. She's amazing. <laughs> She's already helped me so much. Um, so, yeah, you know, being a mom is super crazy. Um, Sometimes I sometimes I sit down and I like look around and I'm like, oh my god, what the hell has my life become? And I snap out of it and it's fine, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's true, you know. I'm like, you know, you can't just get up and do something. You can't just get up and go. Right. Um, and it's and it's a hard reality to to come to terms with sometimes, but the payoff is amazing. No, that's true. Is there anything that we can do for you? Um, definitely tell us where we can find you, um, how we can support you. Because I would love, love to do that. Oh, thanks. Well, um, you can find me personally on Instagram at my name, Zoila Darton, Z like zebra, O-I-L-A, D like David, A-R-T-O-N. And you can check out my brand, my company, uh, Word Agency, which stands for We Open Real Doors, um, at word.agency. That's the website and the social media, um, no.com. And if you want to support, we actually sell a shirt on our website that um, supports Planned Parenthood. 25% of the shirt goes to healthcare for women. Um, and there's a very cool shirt that says woman in nine colors. I mean, nine languages, not nine colors. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Ooh, but maybe I should be in nine colors. Oh. Um, and, and yeah, you know, if you ever have questions about business or, you know, anything that I can ever help with, just you can always reach out to me um i think my email is on the website or info at word.agency 